This is All Ears Nantucket, the Nantucket Historical Association's oral history podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Horton. Part of oral history research is coming to understand life through the stories of others. Even if I'm familiar with a period of history on a macro level, personal narratives bring me right into the micro level of historical events. On this episode of All Ears, I explore interviews from our New Voices collection in which our narrators remember life under the influence of the Soviet Union. My name is Veselinka Kristova. It's a pretty long name, and uh, it's a Slavonic name, and that's why um, I decided to short my name, and uh, so... Um, all people here on Nantucket know me like Vesi. <laughs> so I was born in Bulgaria in a little, very industrial town. Uh, it's uh, called Dimitrovgrad town. After Second World War, even during the Second, the end of the war, in September 1944, you know that uh, Stalin and uh, Red Army invaded Bulgaria, so they called that so revolution or something like that, but it's not. It was invasion. So not only us, it, it was Romania, Poland, Czech Republic, uh, Serbia, Macedonia, all countries from Soviet Union block. So, um, and in 1948, they started to build that, this town, my town. They decided to move this uh, plant because it's a plant, huge. It's not manufacturing, actually, not small, it's a huge. They decided to move to Bulgaria because the technologies. Uh, technology was from 1930s. So you know that America uh, helped Soviet Union a lot. Maybe you know, maybe not, but that's the truth. Bessie was born after the Second World War. She was around 35 when the wall came down. She was educated, she'd undertaken a career as an engineer, and she'd raised a family, all during the communist era of post-war Bulgaria. All schools and universities, they were free. So, no payment. We both have very successful career, but without, I mean, any money left behind. That was the rules of communist dictate. Everybody has to have equal, small amount, like $100 per month, that's it. If you decided to buy car, for example, you have to do down payment from $1,000 and you have to wait 15 years to get car, and this car is only from Soviet Union, which is not good quality. It's everything from Soviet Union was 
just junk, I would say. But we didn't have any other chance. If you uh, have a chance to get car once, that's it for whole for whole life. One car. One car. Because you don't have another money to put down payment and wait 15 years. Again. So my name is Daniel Leite. Jurga Daniel Leite. Obed Macy Research Chair Betsy Tyler interviewed Jurga, a young woman from Lithuania. Well, in Soviet Union was different because... Uh, we couldn't celebrate Christmas, we couldn't celebrate Easter, we couldn't uh, celebrate any religious holidays because uh, they were checking sometimes and uh, even my uh, grandma was not uh, was religious and was not belonging to the Communist Party, but um, she wanted to celebrate Christmas and she would uh, make a dinner and stuff, but uh, my parents would hide it, you know, would try to be very quiet about it so nobody would check on them you know, because that way they could lose job. Um, so um, in Soviet Union, we didn't celebrate um, religious holidays like Christmas or Easter or uh, St. John's. And, but after Soviet Union broke up, um, we used to celebrate all of them. And uh, then what else did I celebrate? My birthday. <laughs> My name is um, Chaba Checker. Before I came here, I used to be Checker Chaba. It's a little bit, my, my name is a little bit similar as the twist singer, uh, Chubby Checkers. Yeah, I see the, I mean, I definitely hear the similarity. My name would be Chaba Checker. Chaba Checker and Chubby Checkers. A little bit, I can see that. <laughs> but when I, I'm happy with Coco. Part of the reason why I wanted to bring Coco's voice into this podcast was that he remembers that time differently than we might expect. Instead of outright rejecting life under communism, he remembers a few good things that he misses that highlight some of the problems that he feels Romania faces today. I think it was very, very different. I mean, I would prefer, of course, nobody likes nobody likes that that time but like as a as a parent i think it was easier to to raise a, a kid in that in that time i mean you had a job and you had that for a lifetime you would reside no people losing their jobs so that's the first thing like and another thing like the the country or the borders were closed so we had i grew up like never seeing like drugs you have alcohol, we have alcohol. I can buy alcohol when I was like five years old. My parents would send me to buy beer. They would give me probably beer. But none of us were really alcoholic. And my fir first time I ever see drug was like in the high school. Never see anything ecstasy or like uh, joints or anything before that. Nowadays you can buy it everywhere. It's almost legal everywhere. So it's it's and and the parents like like even like me, I wouldn't know how to deal with those things because in my childhood we didn't have it. You know, it's just different. Coco was interviewed for the NHA by Nantucket radio personality Justine Paradise. Do you remember the day? Do you remember when it changed from communism in 1989? I remember the day, of course, because this is a national holiday in Romania. Um, it was a big change in whole Europe, like in 89. Um, 
I would say the most Eastern European bloc uh, just just went through this transition. Some of the countries had like a peaceful and nice transition, as Hungary. Uh, Romania wasn't that lucky. So in Romania was like uh, fights on the street uh, uh, about like, let's say like 60 miles from my town were like 2,000 people killed. In my town was, wasn't that bad. I mean, wasn't that dramatic the situation, I would say only. 15 people got killed um but i was i was like seventh grade so i was about 13 years old um we couldn't follow anything on the tv there was no tv or no radio about about this whole situation so people were getting the news to, to phone and you know my parents called me like stay home don't go out so basically the only thing i was able to do i was watching from the street like the craziness i mean from the window the street the craziness people were running back and forth on the street but and uh, we live really close to the, to the townhouse so i just like heard like the 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 people were about uh, 50,000 people in front of the, the town hall protesting that they entered the town hall then they entered you know the communist party building then they took they took they took the power in my uh, in my uh, town the army uh, in the first hour changed and and stayed with the people so we had no fight but like in Timisoara, uh, Bucharest, the capital there were like fights for days and days and hundreds and thousands were killed this is 18, 1989 December December 19 started in in my my town and 21st and the whole country it's ended It was interesting life. We were young, and uh, so we know we knew the rules. And uh, when people are very young, they didn't think about what's happened with my life, what will be next, and so things like that. So, but here in America, you don't have any reason to think about that because so America is totally different uh, country from a communist country. So this is our life. And um, after Berlin's wall fell down, thanks Mr. Reagan and Pope uh, John Paul II, the Pope, and Mr. Gorbachev, Sergei Gorbachev, uh, so um, everything fell down, every rules fell down, Soviet Union fell down, and we were happy about that. Even our life is not so good now because the economy is still very low, but it's uh, Finally, we have passports. Finally, we can uh, travel and um, things like that. We got the opportunity to go to United States, and uh, was very exciting. So, what kind of opportunity was this? How did it come about? Um, well, it was. Um, uh, work and travel program for students. You can go, or you could go f uh, in the summertime for 
up to six months to United States or England or Spain, wherever. But United States was, of course, the best because <laughs> it's the, the furthest out from <laughs> from the from home, you know, the furthest away. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, my classmates and, uh, of course, me, we were so excited to participate in that and just just to see the world and to see the country and to see the United States and um, for, for for many it was more um, like opportunity to earn money but for me it was more uh, like uh, to go travel because I always my mom was always telling me you have to see the world you have to travel if you if you have any opportunity to travel you have to travel <laughs> and, did she travel she traveled a lot in Soviet Union. Um, yeah, she loved traveling too, um, and she thought that that's how you grow up, like a person, like a person. To if you see the world and you get more exposed to many different um, cultures. So, um, and uh, my dad always wanted me to study. She said, he said like you have to study. <laughs> so. I did a little bit of studying and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go travel. <laughs> Real Nantucket is home to many late 20th century immigrants from countries around the globe, many of whom came to the United States for opportunities unavailable in their home economy. All of our interviews, uh, as well as these three, are available in our online archive at NHA.org. And all of these three were featured in our New Arrivals, New Voices exhibit that will close this year at the Whaling Museum. Now, a few oral histories don't necessarily define an era or a nation or a way of life. But listening to them brings into focus the lived experience of a particular time and a particular place. Vesey's son may have been the first Bulgarian to come to Nantucket after accepting a summer job at Bartlett's farm. Like him, Yerga and Coco found a chance for a life quite different from the one their parents had lived. I hope these stories shed a little light on this history that our fellow Nantucketers have brought to the island. And I hope you join us again on the next episode of All Ears Nantucket. I'm Jacob Horton. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.